this is Brittany Estep. And I'm Chip Richter. And you're listening to the Roots and Wings podcast. A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. We need to get to the point where we pray desperate prayers that, you know, the, the kind of five-second prayers and then we forget about it um, are, are good. But when you have things that involve your kids and really their future, I call those desperate prayers. And that was a, that was a desperate prayer that I cried out to the Lord several times, both Eddie and I. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. How are you doing today, Dad? You doing good? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And you are doing well. You look good. Oh, thank you. Sit, oh, sitting thank you. <laughs> sitting there in your in your sunbeam. Yeah. The sunshine yeah, is shining so, right through the window on you. Yeah, beautiful sunny morning. But we're excited to be back and we're excited to give you um, part two of the interview with my mother-in-law, Diane Estep. Um, I just think there's a lot of good things here. So I'm yeah. excited for you all to hear it. Some very good things. You heard in that opening clip just Diane talking about desperate prayers. And uh, I really appreciated her heart and as she shared this thought um, about being a praying parent and, and the importance mm-hmm. of that. So in this episode, um, she's going to touch on that. She's also going to touch on the idea of change because they have, as a family, when their kids were growing up, they experienced some major moves, several yeah. major moves and some change. And Brittany asked some really good questions about how did you help, how did you help your kids? How did you handle it? And how did you help your kids with it? So you know, we've talked about change recently on the podcast, and so um, Diane gives, I think, some really good advice and also um, a really interesting picture about her role in those big moves. So I'm not going to say yeah, more about it. I'll let, I'll let her share that, but I appreciate yeah. it so much. And you ask really good questions, Britt. You you must have you you could be like you know you could be like someone who like is a communication major or something. Oh wait, know. what? I guess I am. <laughs> um, no, that. That, that's a good compliment. Thank you. But uh, yeah, it's nice that, um, oh, it was good to kind of dive into that topic of change because we've talked about it a little bit. And she does touch on just being in ministry and encouraging families in and out of ministry. And um, also just what it, what it looks like to have an adult family and how to be a part of that. So Sure. And that's, that was an interesting um that was an interesting point too. That's kind of how this episode wraps up. And we, you know, we're pretty focused a lot of times as we talk about children and younger kids and and um, even teenagers. And but yeah, to think about parenting adult, you know, p- being a parent to adult children, that's an interesting season of life. And so mm-hmm. I know that there's some grandparents that listen to the podcast, and you may be in that place. So there's some good encouragement for all of us here. So let's just jump. Yeah. Let's just jump in if it's okay. And yeah, let's let's stop talking so she can talk. All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll let's get this going. Um, also, just a reminder: um, Brittany's dog Bailey is still in the room, and she's still having some fun. She's playing with a tambourine yeah. or something. It sounds like a ta- it's her collar. Her collar. Okay, you'll mm-hmm. you'll hear some jingly things, and that's that's a uh, good old Bailey. So, yep. all right, well, here we go. Episode two of the interview with Diane Eastup and Brittany. Step. Yeah. So if I can have a two or three minute conversation with my son on the phone, 
I'm going to celebrate that yeah. and not be disappointed. Oh, we only talked for two or three minutes. Mm. I wish it would have been 25 or 30. Yeah. I'm going to celebrate those two to three minutes and make the most of it when they mm -hmm. call or whenever yeah. I have an opportunity to talk. That's great. I love that. We just, last week we just had a podcast about celebrating the big and small and in-between moments. And I love oh. that idea of mm -hmm. just like, not like harping on what you didn't get but mm -hmm. celebrating and um, taking in what you did get. And that's awesome. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And you just had a lot of, like, you guys would just have so much fun together. You can tell. I mean, you can just tell. Like, I'll never forget when we used to watch, like, some of your home videos, like, when mm -hmm. we'd go over. So I would see into their life a little bit when they were growing up. And Jeff tells me all the time how after school you'd be on the porch and you'd watch them like play, play basketball or like hit this or whatever and then fast forward years later I think I was with you guys at Easter and you had like these hard-boiled eggs that they're like let's throw these into the pond and they're like mom come, come watch, watch. <laughs> and like I don't know how many times they'll be like mom are you coming outside to watch us to the football and they're like 20 you know 28 and 25 <laughs> and like they're like mom come out watch us for the football which is so cool because that's what you like you were even their biggest cheerleader why they play like I just loved how like the stories that Jeff tells me is like you you and Eddie both were very present like even during their play like mm -hmm. you maybe weren't out there hitting the baseball all the time but you were you mm -hmm. were sitting there which I think is super cool do you know a, a gift that I felt that Eddie and I had was that I was able to be a stay-at-home mom mm. most of their lives. I didn't go back to work until Josh was, I think, entering high school. So I was able to be home with them. And, you know, we sacrificed a lot during those years. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, our boys, you know, you talked about how do you get them to talk. Well, we never really had all of the game systems. Mm. So... Um, I was, I feel like I just made sure that I was, I was present more because mm -hmm. number one, I didn't work outside of the home. And fortunately, I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of parents that have to these days. Uh, and my heart goes out to them because I know a lot of them wish that they could, that they could be home. Mm -hmm. I, I just know that being present with our kids when they're growing up is a gift that we give, that we give to them. Mm -hmm. We have an opportunity to pour into them and to be in tune to who they are. I think we can better communicate with them as they get older because we know their personalities better because we're around them more. Um, we can see when they start to drift from mm -hmm. who they really are because we recognize it quicker. Mm -hmm. So any opportunity that we have to be around our kids, to listen to their friends, to have part of a conversation in the car or mm -hmm. over cereal in the morning or passing a ball whenever they don't realize that they're actually having a conversation mm -hmm. is those times that you can really look into their eyes and look into their soul and you know if they're okay or if you look into their eyes and you can tell that they're lost a little bit mm -hmm. or they're down about something and they're just holding back and especially with boys you talk about boys who sometimes they don't talk a lot. I think we sometimes have to be a little bit more in tune to recognize when something is a little awry. Hmm. Um, you notice that they don't have a sparkle in their eye or their eye contact isn't how it normally is. That usually, to me, 
is a red flag that there's something mm -hmm. going on inside that's maybe needs to be addressed or mm -hmm. needs to come out. Mm -hmm. hmm, that's really good. I like just being in, in tune to who they are, not just the words that they're saying. Right. Sometimes um, it's what they're not saying. What they're not saying. is what needs to be addressed mm -hmm. as much as what they are that's, saying. That's interesting. Because sometimes, you know, boys can be charmers and they may just tell you what they think you want to hear. But if you sometimes if you look past the words or what they're not saying, you can sometimes see where the hurt is or where the question is, where mm -hmm. the anxiousness is, or um, you just sometimes have to be a little bit more in tune with the person. Mm -hmm. And how you do that is by being with them, right? Like spending right. time with them, getting to know them, like you said, which is, um, I think that's really good advice. Sometimes probably um, harder than, easier said sometimes than done, I'm sure, to turn your mind to do that, but um, that's awesome. One, one question I do have that I think is interesting for you, like you guys have done full-time ministry your whole life. So your boys have grown up in that mm -hmm. world. Their dad was a pastor. You were, they, he was a lead pastor at different churches for, for well, their, most of their high school, right? All of their high yeah, school. Yeah, all mm -hmm. of their high school. What would be the, what would be the encouragement that you would have to maybe A, people who are trying to raise kids in ministry or B, to everybody else as they interact with families who are doing full-time ministry in a pastoral setting? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, I think that I would speak to both groups of people. Those who, um, for those people who are in ministry, and, you know, my heart goes out to PKs, to pastor's kids who might be in a church where they don't either they don't have friends in the church or there are people in the church that are very critical of either them as being kids themselves or as their parents as being leaders of the church. Um, we try to protect our kids from any kind of negative conversation or, or anything that might be going on in the church that we feel could turn them from either the church, which in turn turns them from the Lord. Mm -hmm. I think growing up, especially kids connect the two mm -hmm. that the church and being a follower of Christ is really hand in hand. And it is, but if you, if they see examples in the church where their parents are being, um, criticized mm -hmm. or being torn down, um, they kind of take that on themselves. So we really try to protect Josh and Jeff from hearing a lot of things. Fortunately, the places that we pastored, they were great. Mm. Um, they loved us, loved our kids. Um, but we did have, you know, there were some seasons when it was difficult. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just reminded them that when you're called to serve uh, in full-time ministry, you kind of do it understanding that the Lord is going to help you through no matter what difficulty mm -hmm. may arise. You know, I can remember once, uh, Brittany, our boys were boys. I mean, they were boys 100%. <laughs> so they were, you know, I, I, that lady told me, don't say that they're ornery, but I will say they were all boy. <laughs> and I remember once when they were probably in middle school, I had a parent come up to me and and started to tell me, you know, one of them threw a ball and hit someone or did something. It was, I mean, they were playing after church. And I remember just looking at that person and saying, 
are you serious? Isn't that crazy? And so what I did was um, I didn't react mm -hmm. to what they mm -hmm. said because you can't do that every time someone says something negative about your kid, whether you're mm -hmm. in ministry or you live on the same street of oh, people with other kids. You mm -hmm. cannot, you know, you, you're only hearing one side of the story, and our kids catch on to that. If we all the time go up to them and say, so-and-so said that you were doing this, and so you're going to be grounded for two weeks without hearing mm -hmm. our kids, mm -hmm. that's another one of those communication things. We've got to give them an opportunity to tell their story, mm. to tell their side, and to kind of decide if it needs, you know, some discipline, attention, sure. or if it's just a misunderstanding or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, so I would encourage those folks who are raising kids um, that your village can very easily be the church. Um, if you're not, if you don't have your kids, or if you haven't found your village, mm -hmm. I would encourage you to pray that the Lord would help you find mm -hmm. a church. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I just can't imagine what it would be like, especially today, uh, raising kids without having some support, without having other parents or um, leaders in a in a Christian community that can pray for you that can encourage you, that can give some good wisdom, uh, good advice, you know, as you go through different seasons with your kids. Because if you haven't, if you haven't gone through a difficult time with your kid yet, uh, just realize that you will. Mm -hmm. And knowing ahead of time um, is a good thing. I mean, I can remember going through some, some hard seasons with our, with our boys and, um, realizing that it is just that it's a season mm. and seasons come and seasons go and I think if we remember that um, it kind of helps us get through the other end and it's the same I'm thinking with the marriage mm -hmm. or what, what, whatever it might be that it's all cyclical mm -hmm. and it will eventually pass um, but what we teach our kids through that season is either going to be that we that we want to hear them so then you have the relationship later on or you can teach them that you're going to believe someone else before you give them an opportunity to share their story. Hmm. I like that, giving your kids a chance to share their story, really helping them find their voice and everything, right. which is really cool. Right. Um, you mentioned a lot of about like different seasons and things like that and you guys did move around a little bit. So, like, you went from West Virginia, you mentioned, to Kentucky, and then from Kentucky to Columbus. Right. And then from Columbus to South Carolina, all with, well, with most of your kids. Josh Josh never had to officially go to high school in South Carolina, but Jeff did. And I'm just curious because we've talked a little bit about change on this podcast, but how... What is advice that you would give parents to help your kids with change? Because you, you experienced a lot mm. with them. Mm -hmm. I remember we lived in Maysville, Kentucky for 10 years, which that's a long time. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Columbus, Ohio. We were there for six years. We moved to South Carolina. Probably moving to South Carolina was the biggest move we've ever made as a family. Mm. Um, Joshua had started college, and one reason he picked Mount Vernon Nazarene University is because it was relatively close to home. Mm -mm. Um, so when we moved, it was a difficult decision. We knew that God was calling us to move there, 
Um, but I can remember having some really serious conversations with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, like to the point where I felt like I was grabbing God by the collar and saying, you know, we are making, we are going to move to South Carolina. We feel that you're calling us, but I am entrusting you with our boys, with mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left Joshua at college, and Jeff, when we moved, had already started his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. He had worked all summer with the basketball team and was going to be starting varsity basketball. And moving to a new school, um, we just knew it was going to be difficult. But I prayed hard, and I prayed I prayed a desperate prayer, mm-hmm. and that's probably one thing that that moved taught me was that sometimes we need we need to get to the point where we pray desperate prayers that mm-hmm. you know the the kind of five second prayers and then we forget about it um, are are good. But when you have things that involve your kids and really their future, I call those desperate prayers, and that was a that was a desperate prayer that I cried out to the Lord several times, both Eddie and I. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I sometimes wonder if that move wasn't so much for Eddie's ministry and our ministry as much as it was for Jeff, mm. um, that he had an opportunity to kind of let his light shine. And Jeffrey wasn't underneath you know, Joshua's shadow, that people got to see the true Jeff. And... So I'm thankful for that move, mostly because God proved to me that when you pray those desperate prayers, that he will move mountains Mm -hmm. and that you will be able to look back on it and you will be able to say, ah, so that's why we moved Mm -hmm. or so that's why we had that transition. Mm -hmm. You see God's hand at work sometimes after the fact Mm -hmm. rather than through it. Now, was that, like, when the boys were young or even when Jeff was older, was that hard for them to change? Like, how did you help them at a young age adapt with change? I think that, you know, Eddie, when Eddie moved, he would move from one day and then into his, quote, job or into ministry. So he moved with a purpose. Um, I moved with the intent that I was going to help the boys find their purpose. Hmm. So I was very intent and once again had that peripheral vision, the focused vision that I was, what had my eye on them and was trying to figure out how I could help them find their place in the move. In the move. Uh, number one, you know, finding new friends is a mm-hmm. huge challenge when you transition, whether you're moving across town to a new school or if you're moving two, three states away. Our kids finding the right circle of friends is mm-hmm. huge. Um, and I, that's one thing that I have learned over the years is who your kids hang with will be who speaks into their lives mm-hmm. really as much as a parent because mm-hmm. they'll be around friends at school mm-hmm. longer than you or more hours of the day than you. So that's probably what I would do. I would just um, made sure that I helped them connect with friends that I thought would help them be strong men, growing into be strong men, and then made sure that they stayed busy. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, once again, we didn't have all the video systems mm-hmm. and and all of that. So, and they were sport players. So mm-hmm. they we immediately got them into teams, mm-hmm. which is huge yeah. to us. We're firm believers yeah. in uh, being a part of a team mm-hmm. and all the things that you learn about being a part of a team. So, mm-hmm. 
since they were both relatively outgoing, um, we kind of helped foster that and then made sure that they became a part of a team quickly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I like that idea of becoming a part of a team. And maybe like maybe some kids are not athletes, but you can find some type of team, oh, right? Everybody, I think that everybody wants to be a part of a team. And it's not necessarily a sports team. Mm-hmm. It could be... It could be a group of friends who likes to ride their skateboards on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. It could be kids who um, play a musical instrument, and so they mm-hmm. find some other kids and they form a little band. Mm-hmm. Um, if being a part of a team or a small group, I think adults crave that and need yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And our kids need that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, people need that. We all need to be a part of a team. Mm, I and, love that idea. Yeah, and it's not easy. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's so much easier to say it than to actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think we can't just sit on our hands and wait for mm-hmm. it to happen. That sometimes we as parents have to help guide our kids, define mm-hmm. what their niche is, and then give them opportunity to be a part of it. It could, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mentioned teams earlier. It could be youth group on Wednesday mm-hmm. nights is another mm-hmm. small team that kids mm-hmm. can be a part of. I love that. I love that. So the last thing I kind of want to ask you about is, you know, now that your your boys are all grown up, um, and we're, we don't all live super, unfortunately, we don't all live right next door to each other. Um, so you guys have moved back to Kansas City. So you guys are there, um, Josh and Jeff and me, and um, Josh's soon-to-be wife, Courtney, <laughs> is in, um, like, the Columbus area. You guys, I feel like, do such a good job. You specifically, you and Eddie, do such a good job with keeping your adult family together. How do you do that, and why is that important, and what do you guys try to do to continue to create that? You know, Eddie, I I have to give a lot of credit to Eddie for that. Um, Eddie will ask me a question probably every month or two, and he'll say, Diane, what are you looking forward to? And if I don't have a good response, or if it takes me a while to answer, he immediately wants to fix that. So he knows that this mama, that typically means she needs to spend some time with her mm-hmm. her boys and wife slash mm-hmm. future, future <laughs> wife of, of Josh. And I think we realize that spending time with our adult kids gives us an opportunity of seeing the Lord work in your kids' lives how you had prayed for 18 years he would. Hmm. It gives us an opportunity to see our boys be young men that we are so proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you, when your kids are growing up and if you go through a rough season and you pray feverishly, Lord, you know, I need you to move in their life or I need you to send them a friend that will help Uh, help them in their walk with you and when they become men and you see that happened Mm -hmm. and that they are on a path that they're not only walking with the Lord but wanting to serve him and wanting to grow deeper and even more important that they marry someone that helps them be a stronger man Mm -hmm. and a stronger Christian it is very fulfilling Mm -hmm. And we just know the importance of spending time with our kids. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just something that we love to do. And we know that if we don't, if we don't plan it, 
if we don't make margins for it, that it just won't happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. I just think it's great. So that's awesome. But well, thank you for talking with me and putting up with my dog um, <laughs> and pawing at our legs. But um, if there is one last piece of advice that you could speak into parents, one thing, what would it be? You know, I think it would probably be, okay, I'm going to give an illustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Kentucky Wildcats fan. <laughs> Kentucky basketball is my thing. That's my favorite thing to, to watch on TV. Eddie knows that. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, bought me tickets one year, and they were the nosebleed section uh, seats. We were way up high. But we were at the game, and I loved it. You know, I got to see the game. Mm-hmm. I got to hear the, the fans yell. I could see them dribbling up and down the court. It was awesome. Uh, when we lived in South Carolina, someone gave us tickets to go to a South Carolina Gamecock game. Mm-hmm. And they were seats that were down on the gym floor. <laughs> they were, I mean, they were literally on, on the, the gym, gym floor. floor. <laughs> you probably freaked out. And actually, Jeff and I went to that game. Oh. <laughs> and at that game, we could not only see the game, but you could hear uh, the grunts and the, the coaches, and you could smell everything that was going on. And I think that's how I look at when you're raising hmm. kids. There are people in our lives that are sitting up in the nosebleed section. Those are people kind of that you maybe go to work with, that live on your street, that go to your church. Um, They see your family from a distance. They can Mm -hmm. see what's going on. They see the plays that are being made, but they don't see all the intricate ins and outs of the sport. But our kids, they have seats that are on the gym floor. Mm. So as a mom and dad, as a husband and wife, as a single mom, as a single dad, our kids are sitting in those front row seats and they hear what we say. Mm-hmm. Um, they hear how we respond to each other or to another child in the family or how we respond to the lady who's the cashier. Mm-hmm. Our kids have front row seats to our lives. And I think that if we realize that, sometimes that kind of makes us more mm-hmm. aware mm-hmm. how we interact with them mm-hmm. and with other people. That's awesome. I love that analogy. Jeff will be so proud that you talked about UK on this podcast, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again. I love you to pieces. Oh, love you too, Britt. Ah. Well, there you have it, the uh, end of episode two and the end of your interview with your mother-in-law. Brittany, good job. That was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I really appreciated everything that she shared with us um, over the last two interviews, and really just love that last analogy there at the end, too. Um, It's just a great picture, a reminder that people um, are are watching, are part of your lives, but um, how your kids are front, front and center, so... Right, your kids are really watching your life. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they see the parts that no one else does. So, a, a reminder to just really for us to be as parents, you know, to lead and live our lives uh, as an example for our kids. Kids, our kids are going to learn what they see, not only what they hear. So, that's really good. Awesome. So many good points. So many good encouraging things. I hope, uh, hope you all have have appreciated this. I will in the show notes. I will put links to. Um, to be able to get in touch with with Diane and Eddie, if you if you want to send a note and say thanks for the interview, I think she would appreciate that, and 
and also Eddie has several books on leadership out. So I'll try to yeah, link to some of does. those too. So if our listeners want to get to know uh, their ministry a little bit more, they can do that. So we'll make sure we provide um, information in the show notes. So to get those links, you simply go to the website. We have a website. It's rootsandwingspodcast.com. And you can check out the show notes there, and all the episodes are listed there, too. And you can listen to any back episodes. You can also, of course, go to our Facebook page, which is Roots and Wings Podcast on Facebook. And also our Instagram account, Roots and Wings Podcast, and and some stuff there, too. And if you want to talk to us or get in touch with us, you can do that by just sending an email. You can do that through the website, or you can just send it to me, Chip, at ChipRichter.com, and you can send email to Brittany at Brittany, and it's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, at ChipRichter.com, and they can reach us that way. Did I forget anything? No, you covered it. Wow. (laughs) And uh, we'll look forward to getting back to you next week. We have some more interviews planned um, with some people, some different guests that we've uh, met along the way that we're excited about. We'll try to put those mm-hmm. together, but but we really want to hear from you guys. Let us right. know some of the things. Do you like the interviews? Um, do you want more interviews? Would do you really do you want do you want more of just Brittany and I talking? Do you want more of Bailey in the podcast? So, you know, we can provide Every, that. Everybody wants more of Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just really want to hear from you. Just tell us how you're doing, and if there's a way that we can encourage you. Um, cheer you on. We we are doing that because remember, you're a better parent than you think you are. And God has uniquely gifted you to do the work of parenting the children that are in your life, whether they're your children biologically or in another way. You are the ones and God has, God has called you to do it. So we're cheering you on. Thanks we for are. listening. We're cheering you on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.